0: This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, if you remember back to that song, How Much Is That Doggy In The Window, you're likely remembering back to a time when... We didn't think a lot about pet stores and such, but there has been more focus, particularly on the selling of dogs, cats, rabbits, what have you, in pet stores and where those animals are coming from. Some municipalities have taken steps to stop retail sales. Others have not gone that far quite yet. The SBCA here in BC has teamed up or partnered up with Pause for hope to draw more attention to this issue. And Marcy Moriarty joins us on the line. She's the chief prevention and enforcement officer with the BC SBCA. Marcy, great to chat with you this morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me on.
0: What? Where are we as far as uh, even knowing where where pet stores? If you see animals in pet stores, d- does a consumer have any way of knowing where those animals are coming from? I think the
1: simple answer is not really. Um, There are in some municipalities bylaws that do specify that, uh, you know, pet stores who sell animals have to track that have to produce that information. But to be honest, I haven't seen it enforced very well. And I think there's always that what if question.
0: And what about online? Because people can still go to some websites, can they not and purchase animals that way?
1: Well, absolutely, there is these tricky loopholes. to be honest, even in municipalities like Richmond, where there is a ban on selling dogs and cats in pet stores, I've now heard that they just post photos of the pets in the pet stores and then sell outside of it. So online, there's absolutely you're asking the same questions, and I think it gets to the root question of how do we um, as consumers be assured that we're not supporting poor breeding practices, whether it's in a pet store. Or in an online um, ad.
0: And so, how how do you, uh, aside from going and getting a rescue animal, uh, if you are going to a breeder, how do consumers make sure that they're going to somebody who's reputable and following the rules?
1: Well, obviously, we we encourage people to utilize the rescues, um, the shelters, etc. But I appreciate, quite frankly, there's not a great number of dogs at the BCS. Right now, which is a success. I mean, that's a success. That means that span neuter initiatives are working in British Columbia. Um, so, but if you are looking for a, a breeder, one of the very exciting things uh, that happened this year is that legislation has been passed. It's not enacted yet. This is the second step I'll get to. But legislation has been passed that will set up a system where breeders have to be um, registered and/or licensed, and there'll be some sort of inspection. A system and to me that is an amazing first step in providing the public with some assurance, some options, uh, some proactive ways where they can get their their you know family uh, new family pet and be assured that they're all, they're not supporting puppy mills.
0: And you said though it hasn't been enacted yet. No,
1: it hasn't. So under the Liberal government, it, it, uh, the legislation was passed um, in the spring, and obviously, well, we're just waiting for <laughs> things to out this week but we absolutely will be whoever's in government uh, NDP will be saying now it's time for the regulations that were promised and that's where the public can help us too um it was a unanimously supported decision in the legislature and so we look forward to working with government to say hey now let's enact these regulations which will set out standards for breeders and as you pointed out in the beginning we don't actually in British Columbia have an idea of really how many breeders are out there where they are, what they're breeding, and in this sense, this system will identify that. And then it'll be up to the public, and this is a key part, because legislation can't do it all. It has to be up to the public to then say, look, if I'm going to a breeder, I'm asking, where's your registration number? Where's your license? And when were you last inspected? Just like you do for daycares. I really think this is a parallel system for, you know, when I was looking to place my son, um, I'm asking those questions, and when you're looking for a companion for you know potentially 15 years, um, it's worth the time and effort.
0: Um, because it, it makes me think a bit when we look back to the, the Langley situation and the, the dogs that became known as the Langley 66. How do you think something like that was able to go on for so long? And people, people knew, or people were getting dogs from that that property. Uh, the dogs had major health issues, medical problems. Uh, people that would go there uh, couldn't see where the dogs actually were, and the, and and many of the the people who had purchased dogs from that uh, place uh, in in hindsight talked about yeah you know what something wasn't right is it more people in that in that kind of scenario uh, being proactive and and speaking out
1: well to be honest they that was a very sneaky situation because I dealt with a lot of those people who'd gone and they'd asked all the questions that some of them had all the questions that we suggest when looking for it. Um, There's some very sophisticated operations out there. In fact, you know, that particular group, some of those dogs were CKC, Canadian Kennel Cub Registered, which is a bit of a false system of saying, oh, that deals with animal welfare. It doesn't deal with animal welfare on a proactive sense. Um, And so I think that, you know, even the most well-intentioned people can be duped. And this is why this legislation is important, because you won't be able to make up a registration number, or there's ways to track that, and an inspection system. So um, I think the public, especially, I've seen the most beautiful websites out there, and I was doing a talk yesterday at UBC, and I showed here's the website, here's the reality of how these little Yorkies were living. And so that's something we want to get to the bottom of, and I think it's going to be a combination effort, a combination effort of, legislation, government, enforcement, but mostly the public. And also I think it's really exciting opportunity for rescues um, like Podge for Hope and BCSBCA to get behind this initiative because ideally we want to support well-bred, well-socialized, healthy, happy um, puppies and kittens uh, out there.
0: And what about for people that might see animals in a pet store and think they're rescuing them by purchasing them?
1: Well, it's you're not. Bottom line, you're not. It might make you feel better, but uh, it's that's the heartstrings that conti- that result in these operations continuing because if we don't put our money to support that, then those there won't be an outlet for these puppy mills. So you're not actually rescuing them. And quite frankly, the puppies aren't the ones who are in trouble, uh, mostly. They are not the ones who are suffering the most it's the mums and the dads back in the breeding operation. So really, you're, you're contributing to the problem. And I, I know that's hard to say. I have friends who have, but well, Marcy, I did it. And, you know, I don't want to judge people. I, I, I hear where people's hearts are. But if you're going to ask me that question, it's not rescuing them.
0: All right. Uh, the luncheon is coming up. This is uh, the Pause for Hope Road to a Puppy, Mill Free BC. You're giving uh, the keynote address on July 8th. Marcy, thank you so much for joining us and chatting about this this morning.
1: Thanks for having me on. Better
0: to talk about puppies than chickens this week. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thanks for the break. All right. Thank you so much. That is bye uh, bye. Marcy Moriarty, Chief Prevention and Enforcement Officer at the BC SBCA. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980, CKNW.